You are listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break, episode 142. Today is probably one of the most special podcast episodes that I've ever done for myself, and I hope you indulge with me as I get into a room and talk with my mum and my brother. Really exciting stuff. My mum, if you don't know much about my mum, she's been through a lot. She is an absolute warrior. She's been my rock throughout my life. She's been an absolute inspiration. And when I think about like someone powerful, someone that's overcome so much adversity and still gets up and, and does all the things, like I always think about my mum and I think about if she's been through it and if she's done it, then I can too, like surely. So it's been an absolute pleasure this week. I've been up with my mum, sort of hanging out and helping her around the house and spending some time with my brothers and sisters and then kind of reflecting back on some old stories. And you know me, I was straight away like, hey, mum, can I get on a podcast? Can I put a microphone in front of you and we can just do a little improv podcast? And she said no, but then we made it happen anyway. So... One thing my mum really, really wanted me to sort of share with you before this episode is if you know someone that's suffering or if you're suffering and if you are struggling in some way, especially if it's with depression or with suicide or you know someone else in the same boat or struggling with those type of things, like she wanted me to tell you that you're not alone and it's important to reach out to people. It's important to make it known to your community and to your family and not to be struggling alone ever. Now, this podcast episode is for a mature audience only. As my childhood was very wild and we got some wild stories, there is a little bit of violence in this episode and a few other things that's not appropriate for the kiddies that are sitting in the back of the car right now listening to this episode. So you can just skip ahead and um, listen to a different episode and maybe come back to this one when you're by yourself. So that's a little disclaimer. I don't think there's much swearing in it, but yes, there are some heavier topics and we share some stories that maybe wouldn't be appropriate for everybody in the family. If you're also in a space right now and you don't want to hear things like this, this is also probably not the episode for you. So it does get a little bit vulnerable. We do share some stuff. I don't dive too deep in with mum because I know I didn't want to make it emotional and I didn't really want to go there, you know, on this episode, her first ever podcast episode. So we do just share more stories about like our childhood and upbringing and fights we used to get into and things that we used to do. And my brother he loves center of attention. So he pops his head through the window and then he, then he jumps in and um, joins the podcast episode as well. So really, I'm so thankful that he did as well. I love my brother and my mum so much. I love all my brothers and all my sisters so much. If you haven't left this podcast episode a review yet, you can on the Apple Podcast app and I would really, really appreciate it. It helps us so much. And honestly, I read every single review. So if you haven't done that yet, I know we get 30,000 listeners a month and I don't even have 200 reviews yet. So that's telling me there's a lot of people that are listening, but you haven't reached out and left a review. So please leave a review. I would like to read out a review really fast while I'm here. So this one here is by KM Mum. It says, DJ, I've only just started listening to your podcast for two months now and it's been life-changing. Every morning I start my day with your podcast as I drive my son to school. I've noticed my mindset is more positive and grateful. I'm implementing everything that you preach and I'm seeing it pay off. I want to thank you for your education and this community. Hands down, my favorite podcast. So for you, make sure you don't listen to this one with your son in the back of the car. Just saying. So let's get into today's podcast episode and I really hope you enjoy this conversation with my family. Hey, I'm sitting in a caravan in the front yard of the house that I grew up in and I'm here with my mum and she's never been on a podcast before. So welcome, mum. Hi, Jai. (laughs) Are you nervous about being on a podcast? Excited. That's good. So I think for me... Having grown up here and with you, obviously you've inspired me a lot throughout my life because you're very determined and strong, very determined and strong. Where do you think that comes from? Um, Actually, I I would say that I was a dreamer and that actually all my inspiration came from my dreams. That's perfect. (laughs) So there's been so many times that you've gone through a lot of stuff, as we all know, as we've all been through. What is something that kind of keeps you positive and keeps you 
getting back up after you've been knocked down all the time? That's something I just, well, that's really, uh, that's an extraordinary question, actually. An extraordinary question because, yes, I have been knocked down and I've been knocked down a long, 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 most of my life. And um, so I could say it's your children, but actually I've been was knocked down a lot even before that. So it's probably in the stars. The stars help you get back up? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it must be the stars. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so you're so you're in the, you're a dreamer and you follow the stars. Yes, and that helps you keep you positive and get you back up. I think so, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Just like day and night. Tell me about um, when I was growing up. I know you always share stories about I was a young entrepreneur. Is there any stories that stand out to you of when I was growing up where you're like, I think you might be an entrepreneur? Well, yes, and that was really, there was one time when you, when I was homeschooling you and I had the uh, Board of Education came to my house and you made them a perfume. And I said, do you know, that's really more a flower essence, but you, but you know, you stood your ground and you said, no, it's a perfume and you gave that as a gift. And yeah, you gifted, gifted it. And you were always very much, um, actually, you were writing your own magazines, like with its own sour, sweet and sour lolly, you know, posted on the on the front. That was your free giveaway, you know. And did I se- did I sell you the magazine? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> How old was I when I sold you a magazine? Um, I don't, I'm not too sure, but I still have that magazine. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's Mister Big Nose. <laughs> Was I? With its own comic strips, and it had its own comic strips and um, puzzles, and um, find a word, you know, had every and and also a little article, articles in it. Yeah, it was a full magazine, like you would buy in a shop. It was comprehensive. It wasn't just like a, a you know, a, a compilation of your drawings. It was. It did have your drawings. You it was all personally illustrated, and it had games puzzles and articles and comics. How do you think when I was so young I thought of doing something like that? Like what, were you sort of blown away by that? I was. I was totally blown away by it. That's why, I, hence I really kept it. And I'm st- I think the lolly's gone now, but <laughs> <laughs> the lolly is gone. But, yes, no, it was, I was, um, I think you might have been in fifth grade, fifth to sixth grade, because that, that was when your Mr. Nose sort of, Era was, I think, was just before high was before high school. So yeah, we would have been maybe eleven, eleven, twelve, maybe ten, eleven, twelve around that age. Yeah, that's real interesting. You know, like right now, I run big events and stuff, and I have done so when I had the Buddha Belly Cafe and other times. But when I was growing up, you often tell me about how I would put on a big event in my room and I'd have puppet shows and I'd sell tickets. Can you tell me about that? <laughs> it was like insistent every night. It was like, oh, okay, Joe, we've had enough of that. We've like, we're going to just watch TV tonight. But no, it was like it was going to be really exciting. It was going to be the best. It's going to be the best. And yes, we would watch it, and it was actually the best. You know, it's like after after the initial like, you know, okay, we have to do it. It's because we we did it every day, every every night, and it was like, well, after a certain amount of time, it was like, okay, we're just going to sit down and watch TV tonight. We're going to have a quiet night. It's like, no, no, no. It's like it's going to be really exciting. <laughs> it's going to be like it's going to be the best one ever, and and yes, and you would would actually live up to your um, promises. You did, and yes, all the puppeting was done by you, and all the entertaining was done by you. And I think sometimes there was even chips. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. I can't even. I can barely remember that stuff, but I do remember selling tickets and then making lots of money and thinking I'm rich. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you you weren't making that much money, but yeah, it must have been must have felt that way. Yeah, <laughs> how much was it? Like tickets, probably five cents or something. Yeah, I think maybe it was actually. I think it was more like twenty cents each. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't five cents. So I was working hard for my money, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't gold coin though. It was like. Oh. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd send everyone broke I in the house. I was pretty broke too. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to owe you, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when I first got a job? Oh, yeah, you worked really hard. 
you're getting like $5 an hour um, working in someone's garden. You put an advertisement down at the corner shop mm. and they and they replied and you're doing their garden work and you're getting $5 an hour. And then, um, then you progress to working at the bowls club, mm. where, club yeah. Yeah, where you're doing the dishes. And that was really hard work. And I think he was paying you the same for that too, and cash it down $5 an hour. But he wasn't just giving it to you. He was actually, you had to write it, you had to log it in how much, how many hours you were doing. And you ended up with quite a few hundred dollars. It was extraordinary how, how much you had. How old was I when I did this? Oh, it would have been, um, I think you were just in high school. So you would have been like 13. Mm. I think you would have been about 13, 12, 13 years old. Do you remember like when I got that job? And I would ride my bike there after school and then I'd ride back at about 11. And I remember I had no lights and I'd be riding through the dark and I'd crash my bike every night <laughs> trying to get home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, you did ride your bike a few times and had accidents. <laughs> and then the teacher would be like, what, what happened? And I was like, I'm going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Got to save up to buy a light for my bike. Oh, do you remember that time you were riding your bike and you went in a town for some reason? You mm. were going in a town like it was something exciting. Everything you do is exciting. <laughs> and, yeah, I think a boy came out or something from the alleyway behind the Steiner School and um, and this. jumped you. Oh, you do? Yeah, 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 and I broke my nose. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I went out there, put um, something through the front wheel, and I fell, went over the handlebars and broke my nose. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty heavy that day. Yeah. That was heavy. I don't know what I was doing, but something exciting, Because hey? we didn't have mobile phones then either. So, yeah, you came home broken. <laughs> <laughs> was I sad? Yeah, you were. <laughs> and so was I. Mm. Moving on, like... um. I went to lots of schools and I also didn't do too much schooling as well and sort of moved around. Like, how do you think I went through school and especially high school? Oh, I think you did terrific. I think you're, you're wonderful. Yeah. yeah. No, you've always been conscientious, um, even from a, a young child, like from all the your brothers and sisters, you are the one who was like, in fact, if you were only a child, you would have been like a totally book bookworm. But if, um, so it was really, you know, having your brothers and sisters that sort of brought you out of that and sort of get into more into, you know, playing a bit more with the ball or riding a bike. Yeah. But if we hadn't have had that, you definitely had your book there and, your, you know, your, your pencil here and you'd have everything aligned on your desk and it was, you know, very perfect. perfect, yes. And, there's not, and, and, and none of your brothers and sisters are like that at all. At all. Do you remember when I was going to school and stuff and I was always really conscious about being on time? Yes. And how much it drive me up the wall that everyone else was never on time. Yes. Oh, yeah, no, you're very punctual. Actually, you were punctual when you were born. It's like you were due on the 17th and you came in at midnight. And that's not, not something that actually the rest of your family follows. Do you remember later on when I finished school and then I was living in that sort of halfway house in town and then I got an apprenticeship? I was like trying to get a job. Do you remember, do you remember that when I was trying to get an apprenticeship? Yeah. Yeah, we asked quite a few of your friends and... Um, no, and that, a lot of my friends, they didn't want to know nothing about it. Mm. And it was really, uh, we're very grateful to Gopal and his uh, wife. Um, that, 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 uh, they actually, you know, sort of put the word into um, the caves. Am mm. um, I allowed to use the word names? Yeah. Do you remember I was like getting onto job sites? And I remember like I got a job um, on a job site and I didn't have a license yet. And I come and borrowed your car and I drove onto the job site. Mm. And I was pretending I had a license. Oh, you! We, we also worked at uh, at the, um, art, the gallery. art gallery. Yeah, that was then. Yeah, the art gallery, and you yeah. were getting a lot of money for yeah. that too. Remember, I didn't have a license though, and I'd come and borrow your car. And then that's when you got that uh, apprenticeship, which was like mm. peanuts because mm. you were working at there, and you were getting a lot of money, and you sort of actually threw that away to work, get an apprenticeship because an apprenticeship we saw as being something that was valuable. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. I remember I remember as soon as I even heard that I was going to get an apprenticeship or I had a chance, I quit my job yeah. like that day. Yeah, and you, but you were getting a lot of money in the hand yeah. at that time. But I remember like I was getting the most amount of money from everyone compared to anyone, but I, it, money didn't matter. Like I was like, I need this apprenticeship and I'll do it for free if I have to. Yeah, yeah. No, you worked very hard. And do you remember too you still had a puppet with you then? When you, I mean, you did a couple of videos with that little puppet in the in the trench. 
and spend all day and you had that little puppet and you were like... (laughs) (laughs) I I don't actually remember that. Oh, well, okay. Well, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I think the first time you went for um, a a long-distance drive too with Lilu, you had a puppet there as well. You had a little puppet. Yeah. Mm. I wonder if it was the same puppet actually. So do you think like my apprenticeship and stuff, was there anything that kind of stood out in that time? Like that time was sort of pretty hard because, as you know, um, your husband passed away, which is my dad, and there were so many things that sort of happened in that time of my life, I guess, and yours. Like what, what sort of stands out to you in that time of life? Well, that's a pretty broad question. Could you sort of like, what do you mean? Like, Well, like how, like when you reflect back and around about that time, like how did you feel? Like was it like a good time of good time of life was it we were going through some hard times was there um anything that stands out like yeah because you're also looking after four other kids you know even though I moved out of home there's four other kids gone and it was like all these things going on um uh well Shamily was a delight you know she was (laughs) my little baby at the time and you know it's like she was my world at that time she was always like Mum, face me, look at me, look at me, you know. And so, um, yeah, she was really important to me and like all of you. But I think um, I think we all missed you when you left. When, when you left, it was really hard for all of us. And even now I still think when, when Obi gets up, you know, it's like oh, I've got to really push him to get out of bed, but you always had the music blaring and first thing in the morning and you were all... The house was awake when Jai woke up. <laughs> the house was awake. And it wasn't... But it was always positive. It was never like, oh, God, Jai's up, you know. It was never like that. It was like, oh... You know, like okay, the morning, the day has started, mm. and it was it was a good thing. Mm. Whereas um, I think with Obi, your, your, your youngest brother, it's uh, like you know you sort of get up and you know sometimes I've got to like knock on the door for him, or it's like oh you know he's tossing the blanket around. It's like you know nothing. I don't think I've ever slept. I bounce out of bed, don't I? Yeah, yeah, you do. You bounce out of bed. Yeah, yeah, you you you're always on fire first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I'm a lot like that too. Like when it comes to the evening, I'm just out of it. But mm. by but in the morning, I, I'm I'm pretty pretty there. I like mornings. Mm. Is that your favourite time of the day? Yeah, it is. I love mornings. That's what I do everything basically. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the best time of the day when the bird. You know, like I love listening to the birds in the morning. You know. Do you think um, I've always been pretty positive about life? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and something else that was really. Um, what was brought to my attention was um, even younger than that when you were, before you ever even went to school, we lived in a bus. Do you mm. remember that? In the yeah, f- yeah. And, um, and Pearl was just like, oh, she was only been a year old or something, two years old. And you were a, an amazing drawer. You could draw. I remember because we lived in a bus. Mm. And so you drew, you were drawing buses. Mm. And you're drawing everything to the last detail, like the inside of it, where all the you know, like little secret compartments and everything. Were do you remember that? Yeah, of course, I loved drawing. Oh, you remember that? Yeah, even yeah. even though you would have been like four, I wanted to be like an architect. Years old, yeah, yeah, and you would have easily have done it. Mm. No, you would have even been yeah, four years old, four, mm. five. Yeah, yeah, you've been like that. But the drawings that you did was not like a four, five year old. <laughs> The look on your face right now is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The drawings you did were not a four or five-year-old. No way. Mm. No, it was really detailed. I remember you You were just telling me a story about what I wanted for my, what was it, fourth or fifth birthday? Fourth birthday. Can you tell me about that and what you got me? Yeah, you really wanted a suit and a tie. You really wanted a suit and a tie, and so I did get you one. I didn't get you the tie, but I got you a, a suit, a velvet suit. You got me a velvet suit. Yeah, a velvet suit. And I was, what, four years old? Yeah, yeah. It was what you really wanted. And it's like, are you sure that's what you want? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there anything else you'd want? So all the listeners out there that have seen me wear velvet before, uh, this is not a new trend. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. What It was um, uh, Austin Powers, mm-hmm. you know, in high school. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The purple one. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty mm. good. We got photos of that somewhere. I'm wearing a velvet suit again. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I wonder why I liked velvet so much. I don't know why. I don't know. I still wear it. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> nice. I think um, Prince William was just wearing a, a, a one to his um, earth earth thing, mm. a green velvet jacket suit. It was amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. 
Was there anything else about um, my childhood that really stood out to you when I was growing up? Oh, just how kind you are, how sensitive and kind you've always been. You've always been kind and sensitive um, and grown up. Like it was like you were just born grown up. It was like you never really had a childhood actually. It was like you've just grown up mm. because you were always like sensible. You know, actually I really, that's what I missed about you when you left home. And so it was like, oh, nobody was on time anymore. <laughs> so it was just chaos when I left. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was Everyone sleeping in. Yeah, sleeping in. <laughs> well, you know, Pearl. It's like because um, I, I had Obi, you know, and he was just a baby. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm feeding him and giving him a bath. And Pearl's like, oh no, oh that's all right, I'll wait. And I'm like, no, I, this is going to take a while, Pearl. And um, I'd take her to school, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'd be forced to leave the house to take her to school, <laughs> you know, because she's not going to walk. She's going to wait. And the same as um, when Should Mark- we talk about Marky? Yeah, Mark. Yeah, let's talk about Marky. Oh, Pearl used to give him such grief. This is my little brother's looking through the window right now, so we need to talk about him. Hey, man. Hey, guys. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> Just Do talking you to Mum. that, Mark, when... Um, you know, Pearl would really give you the, the pips, right? And you'd coming. be like, oh, okay, there's no way I'm Marky's coming. coming in. Oh. Quick move over. <laughs> Do you remember that? You, there'd be like, no way. So well, this welcome, Mark. This is Marky. Um, He's my little brother. You're not going to give Pearl hey. a lift to school? Do you remember that? Yeah. She'd give you also the pips. I remember that. And so what she'd do, uh, she'd like, she'd say goodbye to everybody really early and, uh, and you know, she's going to, she doesn't need a lift from Mark. And so she'd go down to the bottom of the street and hijack Mark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my side of the story, we'd wake up in the morning and she'd want to annoy me first thing. And every day I'd double her on my bike because she didn't want to walk. She was lazy. That's right. That. It was like Napoleon Dynamite, wasn't it? Like, take, yeah. me, take me to school. Yeah, take me to school because she wouldn't ride a bike. I'm like, just get your own bike. And I'd ride mine. And then she, so she'd leave. She'd know when I'm leaving because yeah. I always wanted to be She'd be like, okay, then I didn't need a lift. I'm just going. She'd walk down the road and, I'd, and then I'd feel bad. So I'd bloody double her again. <laughs> <laughs> But it was good yeah. fun. Yeah. No, she really didn't want to go to school on her own. Yeah. And then when I had Obi, she'd like just wait until 10 o'clock in the morning. You've got to be late for school if you don't just get going. No, no, no. It's all right. I'll wait for you. I'm going to be a while. <laughs> and so she wouldn't go to school until like 10 o'clock in the morning. Also, I mean, if we're talking about that, definitely couldn't count on mum to take us to school because she was always so late. We'd yeah, I was excited. talking about that before. <laughs> oh, man. I'd, I like in primary school, I'd get on my bike just like, you know, ready to go to school and it was like school started at 8.50 or something like that. Anytime mum would take me, she'd get me there at 10. So I used to ride my bike. I've got a better story though. What about the time mum dropped me off at school and it wasn't a school day (laughs) and then she just drove off. So (laughs) it was like the first day of the year and then she's like pulls up at school, drops me off and goes bye and drives off and I walk into the school and the cleaners are there and they're like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I'm at school. And they're like, school's not on today. And so there's no, like, mobile phones or anything. So I go to the phone booth and I ring Dad. And then Dad's like, Mum's not home. I don't know what you can do. So then I had to walk down the highway. And then I met, I probably walked for, like, maybe, what, half an hour. And then I met you at the Dam. And then I come back and I was so embarrassed because all my friends are driving past and I'm wearing my school uniform (laughs) with a giant backpack on. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man. And then the next day everyone at school knew that I went to school on the day that wasn't a school day. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I'm glad you can laugh about it now. That was embarrassing. (laughs) No, that's right because I was actually at the darn gardening. So I was squatting down doing some gardening and now I just thought I had this shadow over me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> looming shadow over me. Yeah, that's right. And it was me. Yeah, I yeah. You walked. were in it. That was you were in a foul mood. I reckon. <laughs> well, I reckon that that is. I mean, that's probably five k's or something like that. Oh yeah, it's you a know. long distance, yeah. and there's no footpath. Literally no, r- walking on the like road and everything. <laughs> double lane overtaking as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Well, have you got any wild oh, childhood stories you want to stories you want to share, Marky? Yeah, I've got sorry. a good one about Jai. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's me and Jai, but um, <laughs> so mum and mum and dad weren't home, and um, I was out at the park, and because Jai's always been one for you know sticking up for yourself and always you know pushed me to be the best as well, you know. And it's like I remember there was a guy on the street, and he had 
severe ADHD and he was always just like tweaking out and, you know, he's bullying me a little bit. He was like a year older than me. And, and I remember you came out to the park and he started arcing up because he was really excitable and started talking, talking about me and stuff. And then, you know, Jai, you were like, oh, well, are you going to let him talk to you like that? Like, dude, you could smash him easy. <laughs> it was just like when we were young, I don't know, I was probably like 11 or 12 or something like that. And um, and then I remember I was like, yeah, all right. So I stood up for myself and I'm like, man, if you're going to keep it up, like, you know, I'll fight you. You know, we've got to fight basically. And he was like, yeah, all right, I'll fight you. But I just, I have to be home to get pizza. You know, my mum is expecting me to have pizza and I'll be up here <laughs> at 6 p.m. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll see you at 6 p.m. And, you know, we were going to have a big fight. And mum and dad weren't home and it was just Jai and I. And, um, yeah, and then obviously he'd gone around the street and, like, rallied up all of his friends and stuff like that because I wasn't as liked. I was, you know, like the Hare Krishna boy. And so he had, like, four four other kids come with him and he, like, comes up and he says, oh, I'll bash your head in when you're, when you're on the ground. And then I remember, like, you were standing on the driveway and I went out and I think I punched one and maybe punched another as well. And then they grabbed me and then it was pretty hectic. But then you came in and you ended up like one dude that was coming in to punch me. You punched him in the stomach. And because you're a bit older, you know, they were a year older than me as well though, but you're a bit older and you punched him in the stomach and he starts instantly crying. <laughs> and it was Jack down the road. Mm, and um, right. and then he, because we'd never met his dad and these guys, you know, they were just like, you know, they were all looking to gang up on me. And he goes and starts crying and goes, I'm going to tell my dad on you. He's going to bash you and all this stuff. And then, you know, everybody almost laughed. And then Jai <laughs> looks at him and goes like, what do you mean, man? You don't even have a dad. <laughs> and he ran off crying. But That's so brutal. <laughs> yeah, well, it ended the fight. Like, you know, there was like four kids. I was trying to fight by myself. <laughs> there was think, so many fights back in the day. But actually, there? that is something that was extraordinary about you, and that is that you always did have, uh, your friends back because you know Gopa he mm. used to get into a lot of trouble and, and get you know get into fights and yeah you you weren't one for shying away from that even though you've always been a sensitive you know level-headed person you were never shy of actually you know getting your hands dirty and, and getting into a couple of fights you know you did with Nitsi too remember yeah. yeah I've definitely been in a few fights but I think like growing up in this area there was just fights all the time yeah, wasn't it yeah heaps of times you know like I don't know if you remember this one fight, but this is one I remember because I thought it was crazy. But I remember that Kirtan kid that was out there. He used to be across the road and it was like, I think they, they oh, used yeah, to be yeah, like... Mid, yeah, they used to be like, I think they used to like, they used to be like a meth house or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was he a ginger? Over here. Yeah, just over there. Yeah, li- yeah, little... Next, the yeah. ginger kid. Yeah. And I remember like, he was just giving you some shit. I remember you guys had a fight. And he was older than you, Joy. And me. then, no, he was a young, he was Marky's age. He was a, two years older than me. Two years older than you, yeah. And then I remember he went home. I think you might have whipped his ass. And then he went home and got a knife and then came back. Yeah. And he had, was like, had this massive knife in his hand. I was like, holy shit, there's like a knife fight now. And I was like, Marky, I don't think you should do it. And you were like, nah, I can beat him with a knife. And I remember you walked <laughs> over. So he had this knife and he was like standing there and you just walked up and punched him straight in the face. Yeah. And then he fell over again and then went home again. And I was like, holy shit. Like, Marky just had a knife fight and he didn't even have a knife on him. Do you remember what that boy used to wear? It was in that, or like year 2000 or something, and, you know, they wear the trousers where you can see their boxes. Oh, yeah, the big, big (laughs) 90s style. And he was like really small and it just looked like he was wearing his dad's handy down. Are you talking about that Nirvana kid? Uh, yeah, guy. that one over there. Yeah, yeah that Nirvana. He went to jail, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was older than you, Jai. Yeah, yeah, that guy, I remember. Yeah, but he still was, came out yeah, with a diff- knife. different guy. No, not, not against me. The other mm. one, yeah, he ended up actually, I threw his knife like way down into the bush mm. as far as That's I could after. Yeah. And then he came back like, I don't know, a month or two later and was like, oh, hey, hey, man, my mum needs her knife back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where it is, man. And he was honestly walking around down in the bush for ages trying to find a knife that I'd just thrown out. There was no kitchen knife. Jesus, crazy times, eh? Yeah, heaps of crazy times around here. But, you know. Do you remember when we got broken into and we were in the house and someone broke into our house and we were in the, in the front room was our lounge room? And I think Dad, we were all watching TV and Dad was like, what's that noise? And we went out into the kitchen and there was someone that broke into our house and they were like climbing through the kitchen cupboards and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And then I that's went out there. a few times because I know there was a t- the same sort of scenario, but everybody was in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. And I used to like, I was like real scared, you know, of people being in the house all the time. And dad would always tell me like, go up and check the house because we'd be in the backyard and people mm. would break in. And I remember I used to take an axe up. And I was so young and I'd take the axe up and swing around corners, you know, swinging around corners, so hectic. <laughs> and, like, because I'm scared as I've just got an axe, like, cruising through the house and he's just like, go check no one's in the house because everybody, we'd know everybody's in the backyard. So, you know, I'd be walking around, like, opening the, the hallway cupboard door, you know, swinging axes and stuff. And then I remember one time I literally went up there and there was someone rummaging through all the kitchen and I had the axe in my hand. I was like, Dad! and just screamed out. <laughs> and then they just ran off out the front door and took off. I don't even, I didn't recognise them or nothing. Yeah, I remember that happening a few times. I've been in the house and Dad hears something and he runs out in the lounge room. He's like, holy shit, someone's in there. He's like booting them out the back door, <laughs> yeah. like trying to get rid of them. Yeah. yeah, that's why I put bells on the on the back door. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I put the bell there so that when you open the back door, the yeah, bell would go. The burglar alarm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> While we were I remember there was that time, you, I mean, you told me this story heaps, but it was, oh, not heaps, but it was about like, you know, because when dad, my dad, you know, our dad left, it was pretty much like we were like, oh, man, pretty scared because we were getting broken into and things like that. And Jai, you really like manned up and you were like, I know, 15 or 16, and you're, like, you know, defending the house, basically, and I was always thinking, like, oh, man, people are going to break in. And <laughs> there was that time that, you know, like, I think it, Dad actually had come back because he'd moved to Sydney. Oh, and, I remember and that gone time. for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah I remember that And, time. like, it's, you know, two in the morning or something like That's that. That's right. And you're you hear, calling me and you're like, guys, there's, like, there's someone downstairs. <laughs> oh, and yeah. you're like, there's someone out there. I was like, no, there's not, man. And you're like, no, there is. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, they're prob- and then I went into the room. And I could hear it, and I was like, yeah. "Fuck!" I know there's someone down there. So I remember it was like two in the morning. I was scared as, and I remember I grabbed like a lump of wood or something. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, I have to go down here and beat this person up. Like someone's <laughs> breaking into a house." So it's like no torture, nothing. Like going down, like yeah. so scared. And then it's all dark under there. There was no lights or anything. Yeah. And Dad was under the house. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? I was about to come down here and belt you in the head. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I know, 15, 16 years old as well. Just like ready to fight for the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Protecting the house. Yeah, that happened heaps. I remember even we had like chickens. We had chickens in the backyard. And, you know, like Pearl was obsessed with chickens. And we ended up having a heap of chicks and stuff like that. And. You know, the neighbours, they wanted, they, you know, like jumped over the fence. These guys were like two or three years older than you. It was Lance and um, another guy and they jumped over the fence and they were trying to steal chickens. And I remember you like went out there and you're like, oi, what are you doing? And then you (laughs) yelled at them and they ran off like, you know, like scared us because they were stealing chickens. Um, It was another dude. I can't remember his name, but it was like two of them and they were older than you. Mm. And then I remember after that. I've got a bit of a smart mouth about me and I didn't tell anybody this like at the time <laughs> but like you'd said that and then I'd seen them I was in the park and they were walking by there was both of them there and I was just like oh so you thieves and stuff and started like getting pretty lippy I was young I can't remember <laughs> yeah. how old but really young and they were so much older they were scary dudes too like yeah that age man like they were full ghetto kids yeah they were pretty gangster and I remember they were like out the front <clears throat> front yard like bench pressing every day and boxing and doing all that kind of stuff like, yeah and I, I remember after, because, you know, you kind of scared him off and I thought, you know, oh, shit, Jai's like the hero here. And I went and, and I and I started winding him up about stealing chickens. <laughs> and and then one of them, no joke, just comes over, didn't say a word, just straight punches me in the gut, like hard <laughs> as. And I, I was so winded for like a minute nearly, probably on the ground, just like crying. And I just got up and never told on him. I just <laughs> never even dived. I just got punched in the gut and then just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not doing that again. <laughs> yeah, probably won't go talk to those guys like that again. Oh, man, there's so many stories. Think about all the things that happened in our childhood in this street. There was heaps with Pearl. I think it might have even been the same guys. Mm. They had robbed the church, the church that's just over the way, and I think they stole a heap of tiles. And then Pearl, she just kind of got on, you know, caught wind of it or whatever, and they stored them, uh, you know, maybe maybe in the bush, I think. I can't remember exactly where, but Pearl found them. She's a bit of an adventurer, and she comes back to me, and she's like, Marky, like, I found all these tiles. Like, we've got to go and take them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my oh God, no. I remember that. Yeah, we had a heap. There was so many of them. Because you brought them back to my place, yeah. and then I had 
yeah, that's right. They came around uh, knocking on the door asking it's me. It's because I dogged myself in. Because I was like a goody goody. Pearl was I, just we've like. We've probably still got them and we've never them. done nothing with them. Yeah, because I, re- I returned half of them. Oh. <laughs> so, like, I stole, I, you know, we went and took them and then we realised that these were these guys had stolen them and that was their stash. And, oh. you know, we, Pearl had kind of convinced me to actually take all these tiles. <laughs> and I'd taken them and we'd hidden them under the house. And then I felt like really guilty or something like that. And I'd gone to them and I'm like, and they were looking for it. And I was like, oh, like I took your tiles, but like you can have these back. And I had this grand plan. I took half of their tiles back <laughs> and gave them half the tiles. And then we just had like, you know, they took it. I think they must have been asking about more or something. I can't remember. I was pretty young, but, mm. you know, we definitely had like heaps that I just didn't give back. And I think because they stole them, they just didn't know. Mm. <laughs> Such a random thing, just taking tiles. Yeah, it is <laughs> random. Yeah, that's right, because they were knocking on the door asking me about them. <laughs> yeah, Mark, he's sitting there like, oh, it was actually me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had heaps of crazy stuff like that when mm-hmm. I was young. Like, I remember it was, what, what do you want? Oh, water. <laughs> Yeah, it was, you know, like, well, there was a couple of guys my age that were cruising around the street. And because, you know, all the guys your age, they were all crazy too, you know, like. Yeah, they were all nuts. Nuts. There was one guy who never went to school a day because he was just so angry. Was that Brendan? Brenton. Brenton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just whippersnipped his dad's legs and stuff. It was just hectic as. But then. And he ended up hanging himself. Yeah. Yeah. You did a lot of damage to that house, like tens yeah, of thousands well, of dollars. Hear, he was a psycho. You'd hear them, you know, every probably a couple of nights. Just the difference, really... no, no, you can hear people yell, right, people having arguments and they yell. He had a completely different voice at all. It was murderous. You could mm. hear it. You know, like uh, you yeah, know, so I, I to put it into like perspective, dogs, you could hear like kilometers away. Well, there was always um, there was always like a lot of domestic violence in our street. There was always people screaming and stuff going on, crazy. But then there was a one house that was louder than any other house, and it was this guy, and he lived with his dad, and I think his mum passed away of a drug overdose, and it was a pretty broken family. Don't say names, though. No names, and um. He was a really nice guy. I actually used to hang out with him. He was a nice guy. And then um, he used to get in these big fights with his dad and go absolute psycho. And I remember one day we were all at the front and he went in there and chased his dad with a whippersnipper and he was whippersnipping his dad's shins and you can hear his dad screaming in the house. And we are all like, hold, like, it was a big dude too. Like, he was a pretty, like, real stocky kind of angry looking guy. He was solid. Um, He ended up having... Kids to the neighbour. Yeah, there was yeah. twins and they were really hectic as well and they had a sister and um, he ended up having kids to, to their sister and it was a big sort of feud between them, I think, because, you know, they were sort of like enemies nearly. Yeah, because this guy over here was dating that girl, remember? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is all the stuff when we grew up, yeah, just stuff that was happening. Well, hey, just climbing through her window. <laughs> Do you remember a couple? I want to share a couple of stories because I've shared this a few times with the listeners. But there was one time when I um, dad picked me up from here, and I went and did a job with him, and we we're driving down the coast to go do some um, removal of stuff. Mm. And when I got down there, they one of his friends was selling a car for like a couple hundred dollars, and I was getting paid a couple hundred dollars, and I was like, "Dad, can I buy this car?" And dad's like, "Yeah, okay, no worries." And it wasn't registered or anything. And I'm in Sydney. And so this is a thousand kilometers away. And then that night I was like, dad, when are we take it home? And he's like, oh, I'm not going, I'm not going. You have to take it yourself. Like, and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. Um, and so I think I was like 15. Oh no, I would have been 16. The yellow car. Yeah, the yellow car. So I had no license or anything. And I remember him saying to me, he's like, all right, there's no GPS back then. I had no maps or anything. It's like, follow the signs all the way up, leave at midnight. When you get home, don't tell your mother that you just drove it from Sydney. And I remember him saying that, don't tell your mother. And I'm like, uh, all right. Yeah, I know, and I remember, I remember, like, I think getting fifty dollars for petrol, but I've never driven on the road before, so I'm driving through Sydney, and there was like a big like Bulldogs football game on, so there was police like ushering people around. I'm driving through, going through. I had like a phone book underneath because I was like so short, you know, to drive this thing, and then I'm like following the signs, like trying to find signs that says Brisbane. So I'm following, I'm following them, and I finally got home in the morning. So it was probably like a ten hour drive, and I remember I rolled in, and I remember you come out, and you're like, "Where did you just come from?" And I'm like, um, I don't know. And you're like, where, where did this car just come from? I'm like, I don't know. And then you're just like, Sham Lol, you know, like Steve. Yeah. And then you go straight on the phone. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get busted because Dad told me not to tell. And, like, you're straight on to him. Like, he worked it out. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know that you had driven it all the way from Sydney, actually. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. Uh, <laughs> that's just news to me. Well, how do you think I got it here from Sydney? Well, no, that's not the story that I got. I got told that he drove you all the way and you just drove it from town here. Oh. And Steve went back down. 
<laughs> there you go. So is that what he told you? Oh, that that's all I don't. That's all I've ever known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was my first adventure in the car by myself, mm. and that's how I got up here. He, when I was ten years old, he let me drive a truck on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm just going to have a sleep for a while. You just point that in the right direction, and then if you need a break, wake me up. I'll break for you. God, put the brakes on. Yeah, because he was like, they had a sleeping spot just behind. And I was like, Oh, I remember old. that. I yeah, like, the sleeping sweet. spot. <laughs> it was sweet ass. So he let me drive with him for like an hour before, and then we were just driving. You know, I was driving. Sometime. When you're ready. You yeah, you're, you're ready. You're sweet ass. You can drive this easy. I mean, at the same time, though, I think he bought me a car when I was probably eight and mum confiscated the keys because, like, he was just taking me for drives. We're driving around the park and stuff. And he's like, this is your car. I'm like, oh, cool. I've got a car. I'm like 10 or even younger, maybe eight. Here's a funny story. I don't know if you guys, you guys obviously remember this, but this is like a little entrepreneur thing. You remember when I, um, one of our friends gave me a car, it was that blue car, and I was a teenager and I got out a welder and I cut off the roof and I turned it into a convertible. Yeah. And then I stripped everything out, took out like basically all the seats and all the wiring and stuff. And then um, and then just turned it into like a paddock basher to drive around in, in the bush with. And so like I would have a jerry can in there so I'd go fill up fuel and I'd just drive around. And dad used to drive around with us and like it was crazy kind of Mad Max style, absolutely dangerous. And all the kids jump on, jump in and we'd be cruising around. But I remember all the neighbours got real jealous because they're like, man, you've got the coolest car ever. And Brenton actually came up one day and he's like, I'll give you $200 for the car. And I'm like, yeah, that's I'm right. like, uh, all right, like $200. Yeah, that's right. And then <laughs> yeah. you sold it to yeah, him. Yeah, and then too. so I sold it to him. Swapped the bike? No, no, like oh, okay. this, this is that's a whole different story. But so I sold it to him for $200 and then he took it out in the bush for like a day. And, and he got cr- busted. Well, he got busted and he crashed it. And then he got busted, so the police came and got him and stuff. And then he parked it out in the bush. And then I just went out there, walked over. I knew how to restart it, started it back up and drove it home. So I had my car back and $200. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I ended up selling it again or something to someone else. <laughs> he was always so jealous of you guys because remember when you had the uh, motorbikes, you used to ride around the motorbikes mm. everywhere. And then so he got, I think he came up and bought a bike off his too. Yeah, he did, And yeah. uh, didn't have a muffler or something, and he was, like, riding and it's like, oh, God. Yeah, it was it's a KX80. Like... It was a two-stroke KX80. And <laughs> With no I'm muffler. I'm pretty sure you yeah. crashed it into a tree. You did the yeah, fattest did. jump. And, Sold like, you and Billy, your mate Billy, went halves in it, and you just, like, were hitting these jumps. And I remember they were so steep, like, for a push bike, you get probably, like, five, <laughs> six metres of air, and you just hit it on this, like, KX80. I think you hit power <laughs> as bend. fast as I could, yeah. And, like, I went down there because you were moaning and Billy had pushed his bike up and he was so angry about <laughs> his bike. And, like, we went down there and you are on the ground, like, ah, oh, I think I broke my leg or something. <laughs> and, like, and you could just see it's honestly, like, 10 metres and you just hit a tree, but you'd hit the tree up about a metre and a half high on the tree. Mm. Like, just so much air and you were, like, pretty hurt and <laughs> he's just taking the bike like no my bike our bike joyfully wrecked it yeah that's right and i was sitting there i was devastated that he took the bike and didn't take me because i'm like man what about me <laughs> uh, yeah you, you guys actually work really really hard out out the back paddock like you had everybody yeah we had, the had spades Taking all the – how many spades did I lose? I used to talk about this when um, – like when I was a kid, so many people would go play video games, but I was – it doesn't matter if it was raining. I was like, quick, everyone, like get your, get your shovel and I'd be running out just digging holes and like yeah, making yeah, bike jumps yeah, all the time. And out like, there was like insane how, how much work you guys did. Like mm-hmm. kids really did We had work the biggest – like the biggest bike track. It was like – Yeah, in the whole area, berms, like the whole town. Yeah, yeah, it was like berms and like probably like – 10 or some different jumps, but like coming down the hill when tracks going all the way around. Mm-hmm. There's like certain ones that if you weren't that good at, because there was probably like 10 to 20 kids riding on this track all the time, mm-hmm. like on the street. And I remember there was like ones that people that wouldn't hit the big jumps, they would just like sort of skip by. You had the options for like those people. And I remember, you know, I was always like the test dummy. So you'd build a jump and it was like, All right, Marky, get on it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, just like, all right, give it a go. And you just see how fast you got to go to sort of hit the jumps. And um, there was like David next door and Gibbsy, and they're just a year younger than you, but they thought they were pretty good at riding and stuff, but they were like always so scared. And I'd go and I'd hit the jump and I'd stack it, you know, most of the time and just go like, oh man, and just like get up and then like shake it off and then just go and try it again. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing one. It was actually the exact same one you hit with the motorbike. 
and you'd hit that tree and it was pretty you had to jump nearly probably like five meters to make it but it had a lot of lip on it and I hit it on the bike and just way overshot it and just landed on the flat, got pretty hurt, and then just, like, went and had to sit down for a couple of minutes. And then Dave, David, he went to do the same jump and stacked it basically the same way as me, and he just starts, like, bawling his eyes out crying. Yeah. And he was, like, five years older than me, and I was like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> like, why is he such a pussy? Yeah. <laughs> like, down the street, we just always had, like, you know, Gibbsy would be practising, like, late at night trying to get good at bikes because we were all riding bikes and he's like look I can do a bunny hop and stuff everybody was so into it <laughs> yeah yeah that's why I wouldn't I, like you guys would just get up and I, I wouldn't even see us for the whole day you'd be really industrious working so hard with your spades and well I did it up. I did we all did I think, homeschooling I think Pearl, as well Pearl hurt herself a few times too I Heaps. think she was a bit of a, a um, stunt, stunt a bit of a daredevil she, yeah, Pearl's fearless devil. You know, yeah, absolutely. Pearl's super athletic as well. So, you know, I'd be doing stuff, Pearl would be doing the same things, but Pearl would probably land it half the time and I'd get axed, you know. Um, Mm. I remember we were doing homeschooling. You were doing, you know, like high school and I was doing year three. Pearl was doing year five homeschooling. And I basically would just do my math. Um, You know, I was pretty self-directed with it. You would say, oh, well, if you get that done, you can go out and ride your bike. So I'd probably do like a couple of hours of math and then I'd just like, be out on the bike and still doing jumps and we'd build cubbies and do all sorts of stuff down there and pretty much like all day. <laughs> like he you were really good at maths though, because I would go, Oh, there's no way you've done that right that that in that short of time and I'd look over it and he had done a really good job. And yeah, that yeah, it was really a burning desire to get out there and do you know, continue with the um the digging and the, the bike the bikes. It was a real motivation. You guys have any um crazy memorable stories you remember of dad because there's always so many stories of stuff that he was always doing when we were growing up oh like where do you start it's just heaps <laughs> heaps of them you know i remember you know like you tell stories about someone and and people get to the point where they think you're lying about it you know i think like that all the time i'm always telling stories and people are like none of these can be true there's too many stories yeah and and, and it you know it's, it was like that for me i remember even like i was year seven at at Bar high and um, it was like that trip from Sydney. He just loved going to and fro Sydney. He just, you know, like would get cars, get bikes and do all this sort of stuff. He went down there and, you know, obviously him and mum were going through some stuff and he'd, he'd lived down there and he brought me a Wee 50 that, you know, his mate sort of said it could never be fixed, like it was fully broken. And he got it off him for next to nothing and then fixed it up. And it was still in pretty shitty condition, but like a Wee 50, you know, mm-hmm. like very little bike struggle to pull. So a Wee 50 is like a little tiny motorbike for like beginners basically. Yeah, it's the it's the smallest beginner bike you can get essentially that's not like a, a little pocket rocket, you know, mm-hmm. so very weak. Um, and, you know, he brought it up. He bought he got a car off his mate and he started driving and got about 50Ks out of Sydney and broke down and it was like going nighttime. And then instead of fixing his car, he's just left that and all of his stuff in it. Like, you know, he, he's just like, ah, that's just material stuff. And and leaves it, takes the bike out of the back and then just rides the Wee 50 through the night, like on, on the side of the highway. With no lights. <coughs> With no lights. How, how far away would that be? Yeah, it's a, he, he rode it at about 900 k's. <laughs> like he would have had to have refueled multiple times because you know 50k is out of sydney and that's before the highways and stuff so it's windy as well you had the highways and then you got all the windy part he made it all the way to casino um and then and then we picked him up so it was like a big mission and you know i just didn't really think because it was always these sort of stories you know and i didn't think much of it and i was at school and like i i told that story and my teacher actually was just like oh it's not good to lie and i'm like what like, why do you think that's a lie? <laughs> like, no one, no one does that stuff, mate. And I'm like, oh, my dad did. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's, it wasn't a lie to to me. That was like, oh, what do you mean? Mm. You know. And it's same with like other other stories that you know I've told people. You know, I work on construction sites and meet different different traders, and I tell them all these like stories, and they're just like, man, is he lying? And then you know they sort of realize like. I don't usually make up stories because I don't need to, you know, like. Yeah, you, you make up a story. There's too many good ones to share. Yeah, like I love I love talking talking about, you know, that sort of stuff. And it's like you can say, oh, well, on the street, they're like, oh, he's making up like fight stories and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, well, I, like I wish I was because there's probably like. <laughs> I two, don't know. A lot more about than you, you can. That, you know, like I know um, the guys uh, who were Mark Joy's age 
for some reason they never wanted to fight you, Joy, but they always wanted to fight Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Just fight. Yeah, everyone wanted to fight you. They yeah, did. I, I was I was super liked. Yeah, you you were the likable one, you know, like everybody liked Jai because he was cool at it. Yeah, but for no reason at all. They just wanted, it was like the opposite. Well, we, we, you know, we don't want to fight Jai because we like him, so we're just going to fight yeah, Mark. Yeah, just fight Mark. That's all right. But There was so many fights. But then it was like, you know, there was heaps of brutal times where it was just like people would be, you know, your best friend and they're like, you know, because you just get along with people, easily relatable. You had a lot of friends. So then when you weren't around, it was like other people would be like, oh, like, you know, trying to act really solid and big. And they're like, oh, I could easy beat Jai in a fight. And at that time it was just like, oh, well, who's the strongest? Mm. You know, and I'm like, no, you couldn't, man. Like Jai's pretty strong. Yeah. You know, Jai wasn't big, but he's like super strong. And yeah. and like and they'd be saying that, and then I'd be like, oh, I could probably lash you. <laughs> and they're like four or five years <laughs> I, older than I, me. It's something about men because you know. I think something about this area is kind of like. Yeah. Um, no, but your dad used to get. It's like that real. Sort of thing it's like the too. jungle around People here. Would say that about your dad. They'd say, "Oh, look, you know, I could just blow him away like that. You know, there's no <laughs> way." And I'd look at them and go, "There's no freaking way that they could win, win a fight with Steve." Yeah. There's no freaking way, you know. Like, Dad liked to fight. I don't want to m- mention <laughs> yeah, names, but sure. you know, there were some sh- some boys who, you know, were a bit bigger, you know, men who were a bit bigger, um, you know, in weight and stuff. But there's no way their way that they could have taken it, taken Stephen on, mm. because he was really he was a ninja. <laughs> ninja. Yeah, it was. was a it was a ninja that wanted to be a criminal but wasn't that good at it. No, it was, yeah. was a hopeless criminal, but he was, was definitely criminal. trying to be a criminal. He wanted, <laughs> he, yeah, he wanted to be. He was yeah. a wannabe criminal. Oh no, I wouldn't even say that. I just think no, it wasn't so much that he wanted to be a criminal. It was really more that. Um, Do you reckon he was just like a rebel without a cause? Yeah, yeah, just a rebel. Yeah, no, just really uh, like this <clears throat> didn't go by rules. Yeah, just. A I think one thing that like I learned from him was like. It was always anything a, is possible. Anything's possible, definitely, because he could do anything. And then also, who made the rules? You know, like so he would be like questioning the rules. Who made the rules, and why do I have to do it? And he'd go to the extreme of what I do. So he wouldn't wear a seatbelt just because he has to. Someone's told him. So he'll get all these fines for not wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> like, I remember it being drilled into me as a kid. Like, oh man, I bought this Valiant. It was a sick Valiant, and it just you know because it it's too old. You don't have to wear seatbelts in this thing. Yeah, I know. He'll be telling me all the time, like, you don't have to wear your seatbelt, son. <laughs> what, what are you wearing that for? He'd be driving along, smoking, smoking some weed. Going, you take the seatbelt off. Like, yeah. All right, Dad. Well, <laughs> I bought this car because we don't have to wear seatbelts in it. It's pre the date, and they can't force you. <laughs> Can't make you wear a seatbelt in this car. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I was always jumping from the front seat into the back seat, trying to put your seatbelts on when you were little. It's like it was like already going. Mm-hmm. Hey, going? you know a weird story that I haven't um, talked about you guys with. Remember that family across the road where that same house where they used to have that meth lab? No, oh. that one down there. And then Michael's moved in, and a guy named Michael. Yeah, this one over here. No, oh, the guy yeah, named Michael. Yeah, the, the guys with mullets. The yeah, all the mullets. Yeah. So you had Michael, the dad, then you had Michael, the son, then you had Mitchell, the other son, then Mick Kayla, and they're all short Mick. Yeah. So they're all named Mick. Yeah, and that, that daughter and the girls were named Nick. Nick, was it? Yeah, Nick. No, it was, it was Nicholas. Uh, Nick, Michelle. Nicole. No, Nicole. And so Michael, so the oldest son, and I remember you two had a fight, but the oldest son, his dad used to beat him up all the time. And so he used to come and talk to me about it. It was horrible. So he'd come and he'd have black eyes and stuff and he'd always tell me like, oh, dad, just like he, he gets angry and he comes in, like I'll be in my room sleeping and he comes in and he'll just start beating me up. And he's always telling me, so I was always like felt sorry for him. Even like when you two had a fight, I was like, oh man, like I kind of still feel sorry for him because he's getting beat up every night, you know, yeah, so... Yeah. So even though he beat you up, I, I still hectic. felt for him. You know? And um, what happened like a couple, like what, t- 10 years later or something. I sort of say as well with that, like his dad was massive. His dad oh, yeah, was his like dad six was six huge. Four, six foot five. Yeah. Had a Joe Dirt mullet, big, yeah. big gut, but a humongous dude. He didn't always have a big gut. Well, he was, a, he was just a Yeah, yeah. He was just a big dude back then. He was. A, Enormous when, when he sort was of a dude. Young boy, so. He was that guy was fit and he was healthy and he didn't have that it was not I think everyone when they're young don't have a big family (laughs) broke up and I think he went on to some kind of medication which actually had an effect on his um, build where he just became you know um, big gutted 
All right, that's not part of the story, yeah. Mum. But it's, so what happened was years later, um, he actually moved to Perth to get away from his dad, and I remember that. And I remember always sort of thinking about him because he went to the same school that I went to, and I remember like before he left, I remember him saying like, "Oh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to Perth. I'm never coming back." And I had this chat with him because he didn't really have that many I friends. Had a chat with him too. I chatted with him too. He was a nice guy. Yeah, he was a nice guy, but he was he was just Man, he beat, beat up me all the so time. Bloody that time too. He honestly punched me. Like I don't know. I remember. I actually fight. seen the fight. So bashed. <laughs> yeah, you saw the fight, but you were too far away from it. I didn't know it was him. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know if you guys know what happened to him, but um, yeah. So you know. So. What happened like later, uh, I remember watching the news and so I was, I'm in Melbourne and I'm watching the news and then they go like, oh, in Mwoolumba, um, this guy here got beat up by the bikies and has been be- beaten up to death and and so is his son. And I remember watching the news. Was supposedly tied up. Yeah, well, they are both tied up to a chair, right? So I remember watching the news and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. For one, I didn't know he was back talking to his dad. So that's weird. And two, like, I can't believe they were our neighbours and I can't believe he's been bashed to death. Like, he might have, must have done something. And then a year after that of big investigations, they actually found out that he came back from Perth and he tied up his dad and then he beat his dad to death. No, what, what it was, he got, he put a life insurance on his father a month before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he went and then killed his dad and then tied himself up and beat himself up and then called the police and then said that the bikies came and then it all came unraveling down and then he got in trouble. So I'm sure he's in prison right yeah, now. He's yeah. in prison. It's in prison, yeah. but it's crazy because like everyone that knows that story, they don't actually know that he was getting beat up when he was a kid he, as well. Like He had a very unfortunate childhood. No, because, mm. um, yeah, no, one time I remember they came walking out from down the weir <coughs> and his father was just like pushing him around. Like he was walking in front of the father and, and the mother and, and the daughter and the other, um, the other two children, and his father was just like kicking him, like a you know, like kicking him like a can, mm. you know, in, fa- in front of him, just keeping him in front of front of the family, you know, and kicking him and just fully yelling at him and abusing him. Was oh it? yeah, he it was got horrible to see. What yeah, see. well, it's weird how it sort of just wrapped around, and that's the, that was the ending of the whole thing, and how that sort of happened, and it all started on the street right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like pretty nasty. Pretty heavy. Mm. I, I, I feel, drove past I feel for that crime boy. scene, actually, like, because it was in the industrial estate just on my way to work. And Pretty I remember meditative. there was, you know, like a heap of police and, and police tape. And that's when I found out, like, you know, that it was him. Because obviously I hadn't seen him since I was, you know, young. And this wasn't, you know, maybe going back 10 years. So I was like, made, you know, maybe 19 or 20. Um, and yeah, and I've I seen, you know, someone had obviously died because there was police tape and investigators and everything there. And then I looked it up and it was like, oh, man, like, that's the dude that, like, beat the shit out of me when I was young. Like, you know, I mean, I obviously knew as well that his dad was, like, super angry. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff that really came on with other allegations towards, like, kids and stuff like that from the other neighbour. And then it it was a weird situation because his dad was, like, friends with that other neighbour and it was just, like, pretty whack. Pinnacle. Yeah, you know, so I don't know what, like, obviously there was other stuff, you know, than just beating kids because he was just wasn't a very good dude, mm. you know. And it, You never know what has been going on, hey, and the push of someone to that limit, like, there was, to kill your dad, there must be some shit going down. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's him and his wife. They both took out multi, a couple of million dollars worth of life insurance on him and then, you know, had an attempt at killing him. So they tried to tried to kill him once and he ended up going to hospital. Um, and the son was visiting him in hospital, like, you know, making sure he's all right. And then they released him from hospital and then they went to the house and, you know, and then he killed his dad basically and, mm. and, and, you know, beat himself up and cut himself as well and then got rid of the murder weapon and then, you know, convinced them that bikies because, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't, it couldn't have been. So then after that, then he got the guilts apparently and wrote all these letters and, and things like that and, and, and ended up like getting caught because of the insurance thing. You know, they were like, well, why'd you take out, you know, $2 million? He ended up, it was to cover gambling debt. He had probably yeah. three or $400,000, I think, in gambling debt that he had to pay That's off. Crazy. It's really hectic life. Yeah. It's crazy. Hey, so we should wrap up soon. Um, is it, have you guys got any uh, positive or negative stories of me when I was growing up? <laughs> i got a positive one. Um, so I remember you were 11. Um, which you're six years older than me, so I would have been what seven? No, I can't. I can't count. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have been five. And you just started, you know, like 
working and stuff like that around that age and you're making, I think, $5 an hour mm. and for this guy, you know, down the road and he thought you were such a gun worker and was, like, trying to get you to work in his shop but because we were vegetarian and I think it was the Bowls Club, yeah, you know, yeah. they were serving meat and doing all that sort of thing. So, you, you know, you, I don't think you did it but you still just worked $5 an hour for, like, heaps of hours, you know. You'd be down there and it'd be, like, dark and you'd be coming back and, you mm. know, you have all your money. And then with that, you know, you had that money and you ended up, Losing it. No, well, that happened. You lost it and, you know, I think someone might have returned some at some point. But you ended up, like, building yourself a cubby house and it was the sickest cubby house. Yeah. And I came back and I was, you know, like probably mid-construction, you know, like, and I seen you building this cubby house. It wasn't, it was about two metres by two metres or something like that. So not massive, but really well put together. And, you know, I looked and there's like no one helping you. It was literally, you were just doing it by yourself. And we hadn't done any building. Nobody had showed us how to build stuff. Mm-hmm. And you'd put it together. It was really cool. And then, you know, you hooked up a car battery and actually put a little light in there yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you were just determined, I remember you like, oh, I'm moving into it and you just slept in the backyard for like nine months in this <laughs> in this little you know cubby house that you'd built yourself and I was just like man that's so cool and crazy <laughs> you know we had that cubby house for ages you know yeah, after that, that. Year, it was pretty it? sick it was only the neighbor like ran the car through the fence and and knocked it you know mm. pretty much knocked it down but it was really sturdy and even had a light and like an 11 year old that is going to go out and do that by themselves without you know any actual guidance because there was none even like wiring up the light is pretty weird when I think about it now because there was a light switch inside, the wiring went underneath, the battery was underneath the thing. I just grabbed the battery out of one of our broken down cars at the front. Like it's when I think about it now, I'm like, shit, how old did I know how to do all that stuff? <laughs> yeah, because they didn't have YouTube in those days, did they? No. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, twisting wires yeah. together to work it all and out. you just like, you, you know, I think your, your friend might have even lived in there at one point as well. Like it was just like it was, you know, two metre by a two metre bedroom. I think lived in there for a little while too. Did <laughs> just like, you know, too? another house when you're, when you're yeah. old. Yeah, it's keen as just to move out and make my break. Yeah, but, you know, working for, working for the guy down the road for $5 an hour, 11 years old, just getting rich. <laughs> But here, this is a story, and that is when you did get all that money from working at the bowls and that and with that gentleman, and you got five dollars an hour. You had a few hundred dollars, and we went up to uh, up to um, you, you had it on your lap, and we we and you jumped out of the car, and it fell into the gutter, and somehow or other you didn't have any ID on it, just your phone number, and they rang us up, and you had all the money. They gave you all the money back. And that wasn't awesome. the first time. It was the second time we went up the Tweed Heads, and we were looking. <laughs> we were looking in the so um, the yeah. um, <laughs> what do you call it? The um, you know where they had the camps, camp camps, uh, you know, tents and things like that caravan for sale. Park, yeah. No, not caravan park tents. They had disposal store okay. where they sell tents and things, camping gear. And so you'd been sitting on one of the chairs, and you left your wallet there, and they rang us up, and when we got home, twice. <laughs> and we had to go all the way back up there, and they and you had all your money in there again. So uh, for me, that was like, oh, um, you know, having faith in human nature. Do you think I was a lucky kid? Yeah, lucky. You were really lucky. Although one, <laughs> Always I, lucky. but then, but then. Do you think people when I was a, when I was a kid? It's just leave your car door, um, your window unlocked, and remember you had your wallet over there behind the shop, and it got knocked off. Mm. Yeah, so oh, I've had lots of stuff stolen and broken and You're a bit burnt. No, it's perfect. But he does have good luck. Do you you reckon when I was a kid people see me as lucky, the lucky kid? Yeah. Uh, I think yes and no, probably not. It would be in the middle of nowhere, like the most isolated place, and somehow rather Joy would find a friend. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? There's nobody here. It's like we're living in the bush, in the bush, like in the middle of nowhere, like miles from anywhere. There's no neighbours. And somehow rather Joy would make a friend. Like, what the heck? With a human? With a human, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just find some people. Yeah. People yeah. just have gravitated. Like, I think a lot of people realised, you know, obviously you're very poor and, you know, that sort of thing. But, like, I don't know if it was about luck, but just, you know, your funny, your funny personality and things like that. You did have, I think, a lot of luck with the friends that you made as well because, you know, you always made good friends and they would come around, they'd do anything, you know, mm-hmm. and I always ended up you know, like tagging along too, like, man, Jai and all of his friends are so cool. They'd take me everywhere as well, you know, take me to the pool and then I'd beat him at flips and, (laughs) no, you know, like look after me and, you know, look after you. I think your friends, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. were giving you food and stuff like that too sometimes at school and I don't know if it's about luck but it's more about, you know, like relating to people, 
you know, but mm. probably came across as lucky. Some one of your friends would just give you a car, you know. Mm. Oh, like you know, I can't remember. I forget his name, but you know, I'm sure. I think one of the one of your friends did give you a car at one point um, when you're young. But you know, had heaps of cool friends. You know. Got, yeah, I think I had so many good friends. Eh, that like it was awesome when seemed, I was growing up. It seemed like luck, you know. Like mm. oh, Jai just got given given that, you know. But like realistically, you'd be like hanging out with your mates and doing all sorts of stuff, but you just make it happen. If you're out there, it's hard not to be lucky, you know, if you're hanging out with the right people and doing, you know, doing stuff all the time. It's pretty interesting too because, like, we grew up where there's a lot of the wrong people to hang out with as well, hey? And it's, like, lucky that, like, we were kind of smart enough not to fall into too many traps of hanging out with the wrong people. Yeah, definitely. Like, the heaps, you know, uh, but you sort of choose the energy, I think, of the people that you want to hang out with too because, you know, there's heaps of people your age that were really wild. And then there was, you know, people, again, there was another generation of people that were my age that, you know, like, I can, I didn't mind them, I liked them then, but it's like I kind of didn't want to do that. I wanted to go and hang out with my other friends that were way, mm. more, way more chill and just nicer, you know, not about violence and not about that sort of thing, so... You know, I think you, obviously you just you make a decision to do that, mm. and you would have made the decision that you want to go and make all the friends that you're going to make, and and they were all pretty good guys. You know, I got along with them good. Mum, are you proud of all your kids? Yes, a little bit, <laughs> especially Marky. <laughs> yeah, yes. mostly because I'm the favourite. Is Marky the favourite? He keeps reminding me so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Jai thinks he's lucky, but I'm the lucky one. Yeah, I know. Why do you think? All your kids are nice and they're all doing business and they're all kind of changing their lives. Like, what do you think in their upbringing helped that happen? Oh, probably you, Jai. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've Jai. been a good influence on everybody, actually. Yeah. 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 Well, what you, what gave it to me then? It has uh, to be you. I, I was talking. I was talking. At, yeah, I, I you know. You I think it comes had, down you to childhood. You were completely an adult <laughs> like, right at the beginning. You know, I was talking to your friend Marsh actually, and we were having a good chat. And it's like what what we sort of think makes you so successful as well. And it's just your ability to inspire others around you. You know, so every time you're doing something, it's not like you got to tell someone to do something, but you, you stop hanging out with you, and you've got all that positive energy, and go like, man, I'm going to go and do this because. You know, not because we feel like we have to, but like you've done something and you're like, man, that's awesome. I want to go and do something too, you know, <laughs> mm. like you, you, you know, you build that cubby and then I, I'm thinking like I could probably build a cubby, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the first guy that ran the four minute mile, like yeah, yeah. seeing someone do something and then going, oh, I could probably do, I reckon I could probably do that, mm. you know, and so I think it does inspire when you're hanging out with inspiring people, you know, you get inspired by things. Mm. That's really cool. That's really well said. Well, let's leave it right there. Okay. Thank you for getting on the podcast, Mum and Marky. <laughs> no worries. Thank I came, you. I came uninvited, but no worries. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.